Welcome to West Church. We're so thankful you've joined us today. Whether you're joining us in person or virtually, we're excited to come together to praise, worship, and receive God's glory. If this is your first time with us, we'd like to give you a very special welcome. If you're returning, thanks for joining us again. We appreciate it, and we appreciate you. Now, let's prepare to be inspired and encouraged as we enter into worship. As you guys know, especially if you're Irish, this Thursday, March 17th, in St. Patrick's Day, you can see this is exactly what he looked like, right? You know, it's obviously. Uh, if you don't know much about St. Patrick, uh, he is... He was uh, uh, someone who brought the gospel, brought Christianity to Ireland, somewhere around the 400s, 500s, right around that time. Um, and we, we obviously know a lot of things about him, right? I mean, he removed all the snakes from Ireland, right? We know he must have eaten corned beef and cabbage every day because that's what we do on these days. Now, it's probably likely that he did use the three-leaf clover to, to illustrate the Trinity, to others. Uh, he did a lot of things, right? Uh, he's well known. He is what's called a saint, and for good reason. He did wonderful things. I mean, he was so wonderful that even in Chicago, they put green dye in the river for a day, which it was a bunch of plumbers, actually, in 1962 that started that. And you wonder, what happened before they did that to make them say, hey, let's make the river green that day? But they did because they were excited about St. Patrick. They were excited about their Irish heritage. Today I want to talk to you about a word that he might have used. I don't know if he did use the word, but he might have used it. Now, it's not a Celtic word. It's a Hebrew word, a Hebrew word that I want to talk to you today. It's up on the screen behind, you, behind me, behind you as well. It's this word, hineni. It's a Hebrew word or phrase. It's used by many different people. And what I want to do is I want to look at this word. What does it mean? How do we translate it? What, what does it mean? And then I want to look at the different ways that it's used throughout people in Scripture. And, and sort of when we look at that, figure out what is it that about this word or phrase that we can learn about. And then I want at the end to, to sort of encourage you, encourage me more to adopt this word as part of your vocabulary. So here's this word, hineni. When you read Hebrew, you read it from right to left. Uh, and what you see, those little dots there underneath, those are the vowels, and above are the consonants. Uh, but this word, hineni, is actually two words put together. It's hine, which you can see means behold or look. Hear, and ani, or ni shortened, me, or I. Now, some of you might be asking, like, why isn't it like I'm here? I mean, that sounds like King James Version English, right? Here I am. No one says that anymore. Well, actually, in Hebrew, there's a way that they, can ch that they, they change the, the, alpha, the vowels so that it could be I am here. Kind of like answering the phone. I'm here. Or you're in the middle of the class, here. But that's not what this word means. No, this word has got more emphasis to it. 
This word behold can be surely, certainly. It's like, look over here. And do you notice how many of you looked over there? It's not because the, the word has that sense of direction, but it's this emphasis like, yes, certainly, surely. Not just, I'm here. And it's used by many different people. The first guy, or the one that most of us think of when we, when we think of this is Isaiah. This is Isaiah 6, verse 8. And if you know the story, there's this king, King Uzziah. King Uzziah comes onto the, to the throne, uh, and he's on the throne for 50 years. And he dies. And you can imagine, think about how many presidents we've had over 50 years. So we have one king reigning for 50 years, and he's died. And, and Isaiah's overwhelmed by this. He's like, what are we going to do, Lord? And he's in the temple, and God shows up. And God sh- and gives him a, he sees God. And as, if you read this story, it's God's glory fills the temple. And it's shaking, and there's these angels singing out, holy, holy, holy. And, and Isaiah suddenly becomes overwhelmed by his sin and his unworthiness before a holy, majestic God. And he cries out, and if you know, he's cleansed by that. And right after that comes this this phrase here, where he says, And I, I mean, this is Isaiah, heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Hineni, send me. Now, what is it we learn from this word hineni here? Well, we learn a few things. One is we learn that, that Isaiah is saying, I'm available, I'll do it. It's, I'm here, I'll do that one. But it's not this meek and mild one. When, when I read this, I get the sense of, for you young people, you wouldn't get this, but for you older people, you might get this. Remember Horshack and Welcome Back Cotter? Ooh, 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 ooh! This sense of, like, I'm here, I'm willing to do it, I'm available. That's what what Isaiah is saying, send me, Lord, I will go. Here he was before, he he felt unworthy to be in God's presence, and now he's like, send me, I'm ready to go. Hineni. Again, it's used by many different people. Moses used it in Exodus 3, where he's... uh, you know the story, he's out in the fields, and suddenly, in verse 2, it says, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of, out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, Hineni, here I am. Now, in Isaiah's case, God said something to him first. Who shall I send? And he's like, I'm available to do it. In Moses' case, it's the opposite. Moses has no idea what he's going to ask him. And yet he's still willing to say, Hineni, I'm available. And actually, every other case that we're going to read, it is the person coming before God and saying, I'm here before they even know what's going to happen next. 
It's like, I'm here. Wait, wait, I, I, I haven't told you yet what I'm going to ask you to do. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm here. I'm available. That's what Moses is saying here. Now, what is it we learn from this? Well, if you know the, the backstory in, in Exodus 2, well, the people of God are in Egypt, and they're, un, they're enslaved, and they're crying out to God. And God's got a plan. And what we realize, when, whenever we're saying Hineni, we, we're following a God who has a plan. Who sees the big picture and sees what's going on, even if we don't think he sees it, he does. And not only does he see the big picture and he sees what's going on, he wants to use you. He wants to use me. I mean, he's picking an 80-year-old here to go lead him back through this whole time. Most of us, when we turn 80, want to retire, right? Can't you send someone younger? But if you know the story, there's a sense where Moses feels not just unworthy, but unable to do it. There's a sense where Moses is coming before, like Isaiah, and say, you sure you want me? It's not like Moses came up and said, Hineni, and he's like, well, I've been waiting all this time, God, because I know I'm the man for you to use, right? No, there's this humility here. Me? You're looking around like, you sure you got me? And there's a tension here. Whenever we're saying this phrase, whenever we're hearing this phrase, on one side is there's this sense like Isaiah and Moses where we feel completely unworthy. There is no way we could do it. What are you thinking, God? And yet a boldness to step forward and say, here I am. Send me. We see it in Isaiah. We see it in Moses. And if you read a little bit more with, with Moses, Moses is sort of like, I can't do this, I can't do this. And God's sort of saying, I don't need you to do it. I just need you to say yes. Because I'm going to do all the work. It's the ability to say yes. I'm available. I'm here. The next time we read about this, in, in, or not next time, but next time I want you to show you is, in, is Samuel in 1 Samuel 3. And this is a big one. It's a long, little bit longer phrase. It's one of my personal favorites of having Sam and Eli together in Scripture. And, uh, but uh, the, the, it's a little bit backwards. In my case, Eli is actually the younger one in my house, and Samuel is the older one in the house. But uh, anyways, we'll, we'll work on this. Anyways, it says, Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Hineni, here I am. And ran to Eli and said, Here I am, or Hineni, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Hineni, for I called you. For you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he rose and went to Eli and said, Hineni, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the young man. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went down and lay down in his place. 
What, what is it we learn from this passage? Well, it doesn't, mean you, it doesn't matter if you're 80 or you're young. You can say Hineni. That God calls each and every one of us. He doesn't wait till we're in the prime of our life or past the prime of our life or even just learning it. He still calls us. And one of the things that's fascinating about it is that have you noticed that in each and every case, he calls to each person differently? In an own personal way, with Isaiah, he's in the temple and he sees God in all of his glory. Moses sees this burning bush and, and, and Samuel's sleeping. And here's the great thing about God. Not only is it that God speaks to us, not only that God reveals his will to us and what he desires to do and sees the big picture and wants to use us, but he does it in an own personal way that you would get, that I would get, that would feel that way to us. He can do all that because he's the mighty God. And here's the other thing, is sometimes we don't hear his, recognize his voice, right? You ever had an experience like that? Where you're like, I don't know if that's God or not. And each time Samuel sort of gets up and goes sees Eli, and Eli's like, come on, seriously? But he gets them to go back to sleep. And, and here's the great thing about God. God doesn't sort of ask us once and then say, well, you missed out on that one, Derek. He keeps calling. And he uses you and me and others to, to disciple those to say, let me help you recognize God's voice. And he keeps calling him back in. Another thing we learn from this passage is that is this connection with what he said at the end, where, where Eli instructs him and says, go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So instead of saying, Hineni, I want you to say something that's very similar. Speak, Lord, your servant hears. I am your servant, God, and I'm listening. So speak to me. Hineni. There's one other thing that we learn here. Have you noticed it's kind of odd that, that he keeps coming back to Eli with the same phrase, Hineni? It's because it's not just a word to him. It's a posture. It's an attitude. It's an approach. And, and it's not like we sort of say, hey, God calls, and we say, what's the right word we're supposed to say again? It's this approach that we come to bring before God, this posture where we say, here I am, God. I'm yours. I'm available. I'm willing to do whatever you ask. Hineni. I want to jump to the New Testament in Acts 9 where we find this again. This is the story of the conversion of Saul. And if you know, Saul sees, Saul's been persecuting the church and, and God sort of, Jesus sort of says, okay, let's, let's end this right now. And uh, he blinds him. Don't you love it? Samuel gets to hear his voice in the middle of the night. Saul gets blinded. Why are you persecuting me? And here, so, okay, now he, he's got this, and somehow he gets into the, to the town. And God calls a man named Ananias, who obviously was a man of God in that community. And look at what he says in, in verse 
10, he says, I'm going to read more than what's there. He says, now there was a disciple of, at Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Hineni, Lord. And the Lord said, rise and go up to a street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. Don't you love how specific God can get? For behold, he's praying and has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. <laughs> I love this next part. But Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard many from many about this man, how much evil he has done at your saints at Jerusalem, and here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. Hey, by the way, God, I didn't know if you knew this or not, but this Saul guy is not the guy you really want. He's been doing all this bad stuff, so maybe we want to change the plan, or maybe we want to change someone else. He has all these questions, right? But he still goes. And what we learn here is when we say Hineni, we can still have questions. We're always going to have questions, right? We're always going to say, God, do you think about this? Do you think about that? But that doesn't stop us from bringing ourselves to God and say, God, here I am. And we can say it in the midst of all of our questions. Hanani. But here's the other thing that's kind of interesting. Don't you think God could find another way to heal Saul? I mean, he's pretty good like that, right? I mean, he could heal any way he wants. But he chose to use someone else, someone like you, someone like me, to do the work that he could have done himself. Because he wants to partner with us. He wants us to be part of what he's doing. He wants to use us to go and share to others. And not only does he, we, we know that Ananias does not just heal him, but he begins to disciple him as well. Hineni. I want to jump back to the Old Testament again and, and look at Jacob. Uh, this is Jacob. He's in He's in uh, Exodus, this is uh, Genesis 31, and if you know the story, uh, Jacob was in that Jerusalem area, Israel area, and he goes back to his uncle's house, Laban's house, and there he marries Leah and uh, Rachel, and he's been with them for quite a while. And he begins to notice that Laban, his uncle, is taking advantage of him in a really bad way, and it's getting bad, and he's really struggling with this. And, and in the midst of it, he, here he, he speaks uh, to... Um, He's speaking to, uh, uh, excuse me, Leah and Rachel, and he says in verse 4, So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah into the field where his flock was and said to them, I see that your father does not regard me with favor as he did before, but the God of my father has been with me. And he goes on to share a little bit more, but then here's our phrase in verse 11, where he's describing what happened to them, that he was sort of dreaming, and it says, Then the... Then the uh, Verse 11, then the angel of God said to me in, a, in the dream, Jacob, and I said, Hineni. So not only does God see the big picture, he sees your picture. He sees mine. He sees the struggles we're going through. I mean, God's just not about the big plans. He's about your plans. He sees what you're going through 
And he's got a way to deal with it. And Jacob simply says, in the midst of it, Hineni. He actually says it again a, a, a few chapters later. This is later in his life. Now he's, he's older, and in, in, we see this now in Genesis uh, 40, what is it, 46. Where now, here's the story, Joseph's in Egypt, and, this, and all Joseph's brothers come back to, to uh, Jacob, and, or he's now named Israel, and he's like, we've got to go to, to Egypt. And, and guess what? Jacob's scared to do it. And listen to the interchange between God and him here. It says, and God spoke to Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob, and he said, Hineni. Then he said, I am the God of the God of your father, do not be afraid to go down to Egypt, for there I will make you into a great nation. I myself will bring you, go down with you to Egypt, and I will also bring you up again, and Joseph's hand shall close your eyes. So God knows that Jacob's in fear. And he still calls out to him. And he assures him, I'm going to be with you. And when we say Hineni, we know we're saying Hineni to a God who can calm our fears, who can go with us wherever we go with whatever we're doing. And yes, we can say Hineni even when we are afraid. We can still say, I'm here. I'm available. I'm yours. This posture of coming before God, whether we have questions whether we have fears, whether we don't know all the answers to it. He still calls us. And in the midst of it, God, God goes with us. Now, some of you might be, the question, I, you know, you always think of, what are the questions going to be whenever you're preaching? One of the questions is like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be called like that. Right? Aren't we get, don't we get afraid, honestly, that when we have a sense when someone says, okay, I want you to, to go where God calls you, you're like, God's going to call me to some place that is the worst place ever, right? I used to think God's going to call me to some desert in northern Africa where there's just going to be sand blowing all over the place and I'll have sand in my ears and sand in my hair and it's going to be the most miserable life for all I have. No. Another question you might be have is, oh, God only does this to those who are, you know, like the, the Moseses, the Isaiahs, and only calls them to do these big things. No, simply just go down to Egypt. It's going to be quite good because you're going to see your son again. See, God could call you across the street to go to your neighbor and just say, I want you to speak to her. She's lonely. God could be calling you to, to, to say, make a call. This person's struggling. God could be calling you to do something much larger than that as well. The fact is that God wants to use you and will use you to do his work. And we get the benefit of, of walking back. He says, you should have seen what he did in this moment. That, that I was here in this moment and God showed up and it was just awesome. And that's God. And he wants to use you. 
And he wants to use me, and he calls each and every one of us to do his will. And it's this posture of continually saying yes to God. I'm here, God. Send me. Do with it whatever you want. Just continually bringing myself before God again and again and again. And he does great things. He might even be sending you to a, to a child that you haven't seen in years. He's good like that. One more. This is Abraham, Genesis 22. You know the story, right? It's one of those stories that, that you, you look at it and you're like, the oh, big, bold sacrifice of Isaac. Verse 1, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Hineni. This is a tough one, isn't it? Well, first of all, whenever we read Genesis 22, we have to know that you, you can't see it in the ESV, but it's right there in, in, in that is this blinking lights. After these things, God tested Abraham. We know this is going to be a test. We know that there is something where he wants to challenge Genesis, uh, Abraham on something. You're like, oh, wait a minute here. When God tests us. Yes, he does. But he doesn't test us because he doesn't think you can do it. We have what's called the Hebraic validation test, which is this big, long word that all it means is you can ace the test. It's the same word as tempt, by the way. Test and tempt are the same word. You can get an A on the test or you can fail the test. But you can get that A. And when God tests you and tests me, it's because he knows you can do it, but you don't yet know you can do it. I remember when I was in college um, 200 years ago, but it was this long time ago, and, and we had to do this, you know, the, you know the things that you do, you do the truss walk, and you have to jump over this, and you're up 40 feet high, and you have to jump six feet. Man, that looks scary. It's a test. But when you get to the other side, you're like, yes, I did it, I did it, I did it, I did it. And God's like, yeah, I knew you could do it. Because when God tests you, he knows you can, but you don't know you can. And when you get through it, you're sort of like, I know I can do this. I know I can say yes. I know that God will meet me here. I know that my faith will stand true. I know I can do it. And God tests you and me in those ways. God's never, ever going to ask him to sacrifice Isaac. We know the story. Abraham doesn't yet know it. And Abraham doesn't even know he's going to ask what he's going to ask him yet, right? But he simply comes forward and says, Hineni. He actually says it again, uh, as you know, I, I said it in verse 11, that when he says the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, Hineni. So he stopped him at that moment. Hineni, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. I'm available. I, I don't feel worthy to do it, but I'm available. The sense of humility, the sense of trust, the sense of, use me, God. Even in the midst of questions, even in the midst of fears, even in the midst of the scariest things that are there, we can say it because of a God who asks it. It gets even better. 
Do you know who uses it? God. Isaiah 52, 6 says this, where God is speaking to, to Israel and, and, he, and he says, uh, Therefore my people shall know my name. Therefore in that day they shall know that it is I who speak. Hineneh. That it's this, when God says Hineni to you, he says, I want you to know it's me. Here I am. That just like Moses and, and Abraham and, and others are saying to God, here I am. God's saying to you, here I am. He says, I, I, I so desperately want my people to know that I am him, that I'm willing to say Hineni. Uses it again in Isaiah 58, 6 through 9, where he talks about uh, true fasting and true uh, thing. And he goes on to say in verse in 6, it says, this, Is not this the fast that I choose? That to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? It's not to share your bread with the hungry and bring your homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and to hide yourself from your own flesh. In other words, the, the desires he wants is for us to, to fast, for, to give ourselves to God, but also to do his works of righteousness, his works of justice, his works of, of mercy all throughout us. And he says, then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, Hineni. God wants to answer your prayers. He says there's that posture we have when we go before him. But God is a God who delights in answering your prayers. He's like, I'm here. Just ask. Hanani. One other time he uses it in Isaiah, in Isaiah 65, 1, where he says, And I was ready to be sought by those who did not ask for me. I was ready to be bound by those who did not seek me. I said, Hear my, Hanani, here am I to a nation that was not called by my name. <laughs> God's even calling out Hanani to those who don't yet know him who've even said to him, I don't want to know you, he's still saying, I'm here. Here I am. And God wants to, to reach out to those in your neighborhood, to your next-door neighbor, your family member, even if they've said, no, I don't want any part, God's still saying, Hineni. And he could do it anyway, right? He could make, it, make them blind for a few days and then use you to... to open up their eyes. God can do it anyway, but the point here is that God is a God who says Hineni to us. What he asks of us to do, he does with us. That he's that God that continually reaches out to us and say, I'm here. I'm available. I want to be your God. You can be my people. I want to be your father. I want you to be my sons and daughters. That's who God is. This amazing God who who continues to reach out. This word, hineni, this posture word, where we bring ourselves before God, and the best way I, I, I can seek to understand it is from that, what we just read before, Psalm 46 through 8, where he says, in sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you've given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you've not required. Then I said, behold, I've come in the scroll of the book. It's written of me. 
I delight to do your will, O oh my God, your laws within my heart. Now, if you, you have your ESV in front of you, you might notice that there's like a little footnote at the end of ear, and it says, ears you have dug for me. And you're like, what does that mean? And there's two possibilities of what, what's going on here. This is what we call an idiom, like it's raining cats and dogs. It's not like raining cats and dogs either. It's just literally a phrase to mean something. You're literally, it's like he's, God's got this pickaxe, and he's like picking out your ear of all that junk so you can hear. And, and what we believe that this means is that God opens our ears to hear his voice. That he opens our ears so that we might say, yes, God. And we just present ourselves before him in this way. He says in Isaiah 56, um, 4 to 5, it's not up on, on the screen, but I'll read it to you where he says, The Lord has given me the tongue of those who are taught that I may know how to sustain with a word with him who is weary. Morning by morning he awakens, he awakens my ear to, to hear as those who are taught, the Lord as God has opened my ear. That God opens our ears so that we could hear him. The other way that this could be what is going on is, uh, in, in uh, the Exodus, uh, right after the, the giving of the Ten Commandments, uh, there's slaves during that time. There are people that couldn't have money, and they said, can I give myself to you to be used in this way? Well, at the end of seven years, they're all to be freed. But what happens to that slave who wants to stay as a servant? And he says, for those servants who say, I love you, I want to be in your house, can you please take care of me, I'll do this? You know what they did? It's kind of odd, but they basically took an awl and pierced their ear, like got an ear piercing. And it was a symbol of that person saying, I am your servant, I love you, I want to stay your servant forever. And David's saying, in the midst of hard times, I'm your servant. I have an open ear. I want to do what you ask me to do. Burn offering and sin offering you've not required. In other words, you don't need these things from me. Remember it says, uh, what, what is Samuel says to Saul, uh, don't you know that God delights in, in, in an offering, like you offering yourself in obedience rather than sacrifice? And David later says, the sacrifices of God are broken and contrite hearts. He says, that's what God wants of us. And then it says, behold, I've come, I've come to God, and here's my heart posture. I delight to do your will, O God, and your laws within my heart. I want to do your will, God. And Annie, do you know that we're told in Hebrews 10 that Jesus said these words? It literally says in Hebrews 10 that when Jesus came into the world, these are the words he said. That the posture of Jesus was to say, I am here to do your will, Father. And because he did his will, he could take on the sacrifice. He could take on all those things that would be there so that we could have life and we can then offer ourselves to him. So God's again willing to say this. Hineni, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Now this is what I think St. Patrick said. I, I don't know if he knew Hebrew, but I think this is what he said, because if you know the story, 
If you know the backstory about St. Patrick, when, when Patrick was 16, he was kidnapped by Irish slaves. Irish pirates came in, kidnapped him, took him to Ireland, and he was a slave for the Irish for six years. Through that time, he, his faith grew, and he, and he, he got away. He, he, he found a way to get out, went back to Britain. And we're told that while he was in Britain, God spoke to him in a dream. He said, I want you to go back to Ireland. And he did. And I think he said, Hineni, I'm here, Lord. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Now, how can you adopt this word in your life? If you talk to experts on, on how do you uh, add new words to your vocabulary, they'll, they'll tell you there's three main things that you do. The first is you read a lot. Second is you, you get that word you're using and you practice it. And the third is, is that you, you personalize it. You start to use it in ways that, 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 that sort of you can learn in your life. Well, how can you adopt this word? What, what can you do in your life to adopt this word, this posture in your life? Remember, all of these men said Hineni in that moment. But it wasn't like in the moment they suddenly figured out that this is the word I need to do. They had been practicing the submission, this posture, this availability every day of their life. So when God called, they're like, I'm here. And you and I can practice this daily of bringing ourselves before God. I think one way that we can do this on a regular basis is to simply in the morning or at any time during the day is just take a moment of silence with God. I invite you, like you can grab your phone, make sure it's, no one's going to call you. Just turn on the, like for two minutes and sit quietly before God and just say, Hineni, I'm here. And sit quietly before God just to listen. But this posture again of, I'm here, God, I'm giving myself to you. And you could do that every day. To just practice that posture. I invite you to read the, the portions that I read and, and to go through them and pray them and, God, say, and, and bring them, personalize them in that way to say, God, I want strength to be able to do this. Help me to say Hineni like Moses. Even when I have all these questions about my uh, ability and all, my, all these questions about I'm too old for this or whatever that is. But pray through it and say, God, my desire is to do your will. I delight to do your will. Give me an open ear and so we can pray these scriptures as ways to practice this posture. I want you to personalize it as well. I, I want you to take times where, where you are simply just bringing it back to God. You go for walks maybe and, and you're just gonna, you're gonna say it to God, God, I am giving myself to you again. Here I am, God. Take that walk in the woods where you're just simply, here I am, God. Do it in times where you're afraid. Like maybe the situation you're in right now, you're afraid. Practice it then. Say, God, I am so freaked out by this situation. But here I am. Maybe you do it in tears. 
God, I don't get this whatsoever. This is so painful. But I'm standing here saying, here I am. Hineni, speak, you Lord, your servant is listening. And not only do I want you to declare it to God, I want you to sing it to him. <laughs> There's something about when you get your worship on, right? You're there, you're worshiping, and you can say to God, my heart is yours, God. And there's something about, and when we sing things, that we worship God, that we can get to that posture where we say, I will build my life on you. I think in the words of Christian Stanfield with, with passion where he says, my heart is yours, my heart is yours. Take it all, take it all, my life in your hands. And I love the fact that what we're going to be singing next, man, gets right to it. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I surrender all, God. We have these moments when we worship, when we can say, God, I'm here. I'm here to do your will. I want to delight. I want to have that posture of saying, here I am. And the more we practice it, the more we do it, when we hear God's voice, we're like, yep, we're going. To say, Hineni, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And so I want us to have a moment to practice this right now. And I'm going to lead us in prayer and I'm going to give you an opportunity to say Hineni. Now, I'm going to simply just lead us in a way that's going to give you an opportunity to pray yourself. And we're going to do a simple form. We're going to go with God is worthy and we are needy, right? <laughs> Isn't that always true? God is worthy, we are needy. It's just the Lord's prayer. God's worthy, we are needy. And I'm going to just lead us around Genesis 22. So if you could put that up there again. And I want to begin with God's worthiness. And so... I'll just lead us in prayer and give you ways, prompts to pray this yourself. Okay? So let's pray together. Oh God, we just come before you and we recognize that you are worthy. And we want to thank you first and foremost for all the ways you speak to us, Lord. And so just simply say to God, God, I thank you for what? Whatever that is you want to say in your heart right now to him. God, I thank you that you do speak. God, I thank you that time that you spoke to me very clearly in this way. God, we thank you that, that you, you speak to in, in multiple ways to different tongues and different people groups all over this world. And Lord, we come and we are needy. <laughs> we need you, oh, we need you. Every hour, we need you. And just for a time, would you say to God, Hineni, bring yourself before him with availability, with humility, with that posture to say, yes, God, here I am. Lord, we delight to do your will. Your law is within our heart. 
Jesus, you went before us and you said in any. May we say it again. May we say it with you. Strengthen us, Lord. And Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you that you speak to men and women, to sons and daughters. <laughs> Holy Spirit, move us. Lord, would you give us an open ear, Lord? Get, dig it out so we could hear your voice. And Lord, give us that strength, that obedience to say yes to you no matter what. Lord, we desire to see this whole community right around us to see you. We want to be that church that says we are yours. We do your will and we reveal it to those around us. So Lord, would you give us those Ananias moments to know who to go talk to, who to speak to, Lord. Lord, would you give us those moments where we simply say, yes, Lord, I'm here right before you, Lord. Lord, would you calm our fears like you did Jacob. And Lord, go with us. Go with us, God. Because we know we can't do it but we know you can. Amen.